It's good to see everybody this morning. We had a great, great day yesterday. Uh, Brother Josh Coker, Brother Bryce Lowrance, and Brother Tom Corley preaching for us. Uh, it was uh, it was very refreshing to me because we've been having to dance around some restrictions and, and things like that for, for a year or so now. And it just had a real feel of normalcy to me and uh, it was very fresh, refreshing to me. So uh, I hope that you were able to attend that. If you have your Bibles this morning, if you'll turn to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and I'm going to take one verse out of that. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 7, it reads like this. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I'll read that one more time. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I want you to think for just a second about um, your treasures. Like um, maybe, for example, if I, if I said, hey, I want to come over to your house. I'm going to come over to your house today and I want you to have a table out. And I want you to lay out uh, your treasures on that table. And I want to come and look at those treasures. Now, uh, depending on how old you are, uh, those treasures may be different from one age to another. I know my treasures, uh, the things that I have treasured over time, have certainly changed. Um, the other day, uh, well, guys, a couple days ago, Hank and, and Jack, they were asking me about baseball cards. And I don't even know if anybody collects baseball cards anymore. But uh, back when I was a kid, you know, for Josh and I, that was kind of a big deal. You know, we collected baseball cards, and you'd go down to the store, and you'd, you know, you'd open up a pack of baseball cards, and there'd be 10 or 15 in there, and a stick of bubble gum, and you'd scroll through there and, you know, flip through them, and, and uh, that's the only scrolling we did back then, is we scrolled through our baseball cards and see who you had, you know, and sometimes you'd have some really good players, and we would even buy a magazine. It was called Beckett's, I think, and you could flip through there and look your cards up, and you could see how much those cards were worth, and they were all like, you know, 10 cents. You know, they weren't worth anything. But at that point in my life, I treasured those things, you know, and, and, and I kept them, and I still have them to this day. So, uh, you know, we got them out, and we were going through there, and, and I was showing the boys some of them, and it really brought back a lot of memories. You know, some of the guys that, that were our heroes back then, you know, are, are, are old men nowadays. You know, it shows you how time flies. But maybe at one time in my life, if you came over and I had my table of treasures out, you might see my baseball cards laying there. Or you might see, a, you know, a pocket knife when I was a boy that I had laying there. And then as you get older, you know, your treasures uh, may change. I'm sure somebody uh, on their table of treasures would probably have uh, probably some jewelry out there. Like, hey, this is a, maybe this is my great-great-grandmother's diamond ring that has been passed down for generations. And, and that diamond ring is a treasure to me. It's special to me. Or you may have some other jewelry, diamonds or necklaces or something like that. Or you might have, you know, photos of your children. You know, photographs are something that we treasure, right? I can remember when we were uh, children, you know, one of the things I, I remember uh, talking or asking my mom and dad one day, I was like, you know, if the house is on fire and I need to grab something before we get out of here, what do you want me to get? You know, and, and they were like, you need to get the photographs. You know, because back then there was no such thing as, you know, a, an SD card and, and, you know, USB drives and all that kind of stuff. If you didn't have your photos, you didn't have any photographs, right? So, like, get the pictures, get the memories out, you know. So maybe there are pictures that you would put out on that table. There, there are a ton of different things that you could put out there. Maybe there's some sort of, a, you know, an heirloom. I, I, one of the things that I still have today is a pocket knife that uh, my dad had when I was young. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a, uh, I promise you, 
if you check my dad's knife, it's sharp, real sharp. You know, that's one of the things that he didn't tolerate was a dull knife. And he had this one particular knife that he had sharpened so much, the blade is just a, a fraction of what it was when it was new. He had sharpened it that much. And I can remember being a boy looking at him and sharpening it. Well, you know, one day the knife just got where it was just, uh, he, it was time for a new one. Well, I still have that knife, you know. And one day when he's dead and gone, I'll pull that knife out and my mind will be flooded with memories. That's a treasure to me. And I would lay it out on that table. So think about what your table of treasures might look like if I came to you and said, show me what treasures you have. Now, the interesting thing, interesting thing about these treasures, when I was talking to you about those baseball cards, when I pulled these baseball cards out to show the boys the other day, I had some that were just in a cardboard box and they were just kind of stacked in there and and, you know, they really weren't uh, that great of players back then. And, you know, they didn't really mean a lot to me. And I just kind of stuck them in that box. But then I had another plastic box. And inside that plastic box, I had the cards that I thought were just the best cards of all time. Inside that box where I had those cards, I had each individual card that from back when I was 10 years old where I had bought little clear cases. And I stuck each individual card down in those clear cases to protect them and to preserve them, right? And we went through there just having fun. I was like, yeah, look at all these cards. You know, they're not worth anything, you know. And we ended up starting to look on eBay at what some of these cards were selling for. And one of them was like $500, you know. And I thought, my goodness, you know, a 10-cent card when I was a kid is worth $500 now. But they were important to me, right? So I put them in a place, I put them in a vessel that would protect them. All these years, 30-something years later, those cards look just like they did when I stuck them in there when I was 10 years old because they were special enough to me to put them in something to protect them. Now, what about your great-great-grandmother's ring that you have inherited through all these years? Where do you keep that thing? I imagine you probably don't throw it in the junk drawer. And you know what a junk drawer is, don't you? Everybody in here knows what a junk drawer is. Everybody in their house, I'm assuming, has got a drawer that just all the junk goes in. And if you can't find a paper clip, a rubber band, a pen, a pencil sharpener, you know, an old battery, it's probably in the junk drawer. But you know what's not in that junk drawer is great-great-great-grandmother's ring. Why? Because it's important to you. And you put it somewhere safe and protected. You may actually put it in a safe, Right? What's in those safes? What do we put in those safes? You don't put a plastic fork in there because it doesn't mean anything to you. You put those heirlooms. You put those baseball cards. You put, maybe even in a, we have a safety deposit box at the bank that we put things that, you know, some of those things are treasures to us. Believe it or not, I've got a USB uh, little jump drive thingy. I'm real tech savvy, as you can tell. <laughs> And it's got 435 sermons of Sonny Powell's. And I put them on that USB thing, and it's in my safety deposit box. Because there may be a time when technology, uh, I can't find a computer, and I can't find anything like that to listen to a sermon, but I've got them on that saved because they're important to me. Because I listened to a lot of him when I was exercising. We've got CDs in our... Um, safety deposit box of pictures. My point is this. What would you think of me 
If I laid all my treasures out before you, and then I began to tell you where I kept them. And I said, well, my great-great-great-grandmother's ring stays in the junk drawer. My very, uh, my, my, my worth, uh, my valuable baseball cards, uh, I think they're in a, in a uh, you know, a, a plastic bag, and I think they're stuck back in the garage somewhere. I think my dad's knife, you know, I don't really remember last time I saw it, I'd laid it on top of a fence post outside. What would you think about me? You would think, those aren't treasures to you, Right? If they were treasures to you, you would put them somewhere that was safe and protected. It doesn't make sense in the human mind to take our treasures and put them anywhere else but somewhere that is protected and safe. Am I right? Now, even small things. What about your phone? The, probably the, everybody would have a phone on their treasure table, probably. What do you do with your phone? Do you not put it in a case? Do you have a camera that you really like? It's probably in some sort of case. Guns stay in cases. You get my point. I'm beating a horse to death. I know, a dead horse. You understand my point. That's man's way. Man's way, and it makes sense to us, and there's nothing wrong with it, is to put our treasures in a safe, protected place. Right? But that is not the Lord's way. That's not the Lord's way. I want you to imagine... A table that's laid out in heaven. And on that table are treasures of the Lord. And maybe the angels walk by and they look down at this table and they see these wonderful, beautiful treasures that are the Lord's. You know, the Bible talks about treasures from the Lord in, the, in, in, in God's word. Imagine this. Imagine that an angel walks by. And he looks at this table and he says, Lord, I see one of your treasures here. And he picks up this treasure and it says this treasure is a power to deliver. And those angels probably stare at that thinking, what a mighty God we serve who has a treasure that is the power to deliver. And the angels maybe look at the Lord and say, Lord, where are you going to keep this? Where are you going to keep this power to deliver? Are you, going to, are you going to put it in the lightning bolts that are in heaven? Are you going to store it in the thunder? Are you going to put it in the clouds? Are you going to put it in the depths of the sea where nobody can ever get to it and take it from you? Are you going to put it in the deepest, darkest cave inside of a mountain where it will be safe, where it will be protected? Lord, where are you going to put this delivering power? And imagine that the Lord says... Do you see that man named Moses? I'm going to put it in Moses. And I'm going to give it to Moses. Can you imagine what the angels might have thought? They probably thought, Lord, I don't want to question you. But Moses, according to the Bible, has a speech impediment. And Lord, you're going to give him this treasure of delivering power to a man who probably stuttered so bad that nobody took him seriously. A man that, 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 that even says by his own admission, I am slow of tongue. Lord, a man who, who is, 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 uh, is formed from the clay. 
a man who is weak, a man who is afraid, you're going to put your delivering power in him. And I imagine the angels might have looked at that as the Bible says, you know, they desired to look into that. Why would you do that, Lord? Because even from man's perspective, we don't put great granny's ring in the junk drawer. Lord, you're putting this treasure inside the junk drawer. Why would you do that? But that's what the Lord chose to do, right? So what if the angel goes and picks up another treasure and says, oh, Lord, this is the treasure of your wisdom. He says, Lord, where are you going to keep that? You're going to keep that in some of these other places that we've mentioned. Maybe the Lord says. Do you see that man down there? Who took another man's wife. And had a child through an adulterous affair. They're going to be married. And they're going to have another child. And out of that adulterous, sinful relationship. There's going to be a child born and I'm going to put my treasure of wisdom upon him. His name's Solomon. Does that kind of make you think a little bit? Because it does me like of all the places, Lord, to put your delivering power, to put your wisdom, these treasures. Why are you putting it in these people? You know, this this child that's born from an extremely into an extremely dysfunctional family. Like David's family was the most dysfunctional family in the whole Bible. Why are you going to put wisdom inside a child that's going to be brought up in a horrible dysfunctional family? And the angel said, maybe I don't understand that. What about, what about the treasure of knowledge? The angels look at that. Lord, where are you going to keep this treasure of knowledge? And, they, and the Lord says to him, well, I'm going to give that to a man named John. And they're like, is this the same John who is a little bit overzealous at times, has a little bit of a spirit of fiery indignation? Is he the one that walked with the Lord and when the Samaritans wouldn't give him a place to stop and rest because they were on their way to Jerusalem and they hated the Jews? The same John that said, hey, Lord, do you want me to bring down fire from heaven to consume them? Not quite a gentle spirit. The Lord even tells him, you don't don't know what spirit you're dealing with right now. You don't know what spirit you have, John. Is that the guy that you're going to give the great revelation of the Lord? Is that the guy that you're going to give the treasure of knowledge? This guy that's ready to zap people with lightning bolts when they don't do right? And I imagine the angels didn't understand that. What about this one? This one really hits home with me. What about when they reach over and they pick up the treasure of the gospel message? And they hold that and says, Lord, where are you going to put your message? Where are you going to put your message? And I imagine in my mind that maybe I know this is not how it played out. Let me be creative for just a second. Maybe there's an angel standing over there. Maybe it did play out this way. Maybe there's an angel, maybe Gabriel. Maybe Gabriel's standing over there, Michael. And they're standing there and they hear the angel ask, where are you going to put this message? Where are you going to keep this message? And I imagine he's, maybe he pulls his flaming sword out and he feels how sharp it is. And he thinks to himself, I'll take it. I'll keep it. I'll deliver this message. I'll go down. You can part the clouds and I will stand where all men can see me and I will keep the message. If I was an angel, that's what I would have done. 
But maybe the Lord looks at the angels and says, do you see that man Saul of Tarsus? And the angels are like, yes, sir, I see him. You talking about the one that's standing there while Stephen's being stoned, probably laughing and holding the coats of the ones that were stoning him? Are you talking about the guy that's got the letters in his hand going to Damascus to imprison and kill Christians and rip families apart? You're going to put your message in that junk drawer? Now, wouldn't that be confusing to you? Because that's not how we operate. We put our treasures in safes and, and safety deposit boxes and we protect them. But the Lord is not doing that. What about, how about this one? What about an angel goes over there and picks up the treasure that is the very spirit of God? And the angels say, where are you going to put that spirit? And he looks down and he begins to say, I'm going to take this spirit and I'm going to put it in that one. And I'm going to put it in that one. And I'm going to put it in that one. I'm going to put it in Brother Jim. I'm going to put it in Brother Marlon. I'm going to put it in Sister Diane. I'm going to put it in Brother Luke. I'm going to put it in Brother Tim. And they look at us knowing us. Like I'm looking at your best right now. And you're looking at my best. But you don't always see my worst. But they do. The Lord at least does. He says, why are you going to put your spirit in those people? Those peculiar people. Why are you going to do that? Now, let me give you this last one for just a second. What about you go over and you, the angel goes over and he picks up the treasure of salvation. Now, you know, they're really looking at this thing. That table's full of treasures, eternal treasures, resurrecting treasures, all types of treasures that the Lord has. But one they go over, they pick up is a treasure of salvation. And they say, where are you going to put that, Lord? And maybe the Lord looks down on what the Bible describes as his enemies. And he says, I'm going to put my treasure of salvation with my enemies. Does any of that make sense to y'all? Does any of that make sense in our minds? It doesn't to me. Because that's not how I do things. I put my valuables in a place where they're going to be protected and be kept. Why is the Lord taking these beautiful, wonderful treasures and putting them in what the Bible describes as earthen vessels. What is an earthen vessel? It is a vessel made of clay that is very easily maimed, distorted, and broken. What would you think of me if I put my treasures in the junk drawer? What must the angels have thought when the Lord is putting his treasures into something that is so easily broken and messed up? But the Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You see, so much about the deliverance that we saw through Moses or, or the, the, the revelation that the Lord gave to John or the wisdom that Solomon had or all the treasures that the Lord gave these people. We have to understand it benefited them, but those things were not about them. Those things were about the Lord. And the Bible is clear here that the reason that he put those things in earth and vessels is so those vessels couldn't take credit for what was going on because God is a God who will have his glory. Amen. 
Think about, just think for a second about a, 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 a treasure of a great victory. You know, the Lord is, a, is the Lord of victories. And ma- imagine a, a treasure of a, a great victory. And, and, and the angels come to him and say, Lord, where are you going to put the treasure of the great victories? I happen to see down here that the Philistines are having camped around your people. And there's a giant Goliath coming out. Where are you going to put this treasure? And when the Lord begins to say, there's a little shepherd boy who's kind of probably, probably thin. He's not very old. He has not, you know, he's just not, uh, he's not a warrior or he'd already be here. I'm going to put that victory inside of him. Lord, why would you do that? Because if I put it in another that can go toe to toe with Goliath, I will not get the glory. They'll get it. See, the Lord has a way. You remember I preached to you a, a couple Sundays ago about Elijah when he was going up against the prophets of Baal and he watered the altar down because God is a God that wants to eliminate any possibility that has anything to do with us. He wants us to know that he is God and he is the deliverer. So he chooses David to slay Goliath. He chooses a man that stutters and is slow of speech to go and talk to Pharaoh. He chooses a young man out of a house that is terribly dysfunctional to fill with the spirit of wisdom. He uses John, who is not exactly walking the straight and narrow in the way he thinks, to give this great revelation. He chooses a people. Listen to this now. He chooses a people. I imagine when the angel stood there and, and, and the, the treasure of salvation came up. I imagine if I would have been an angel, I'd have been like, Lord, I don't understand. Look at them. Look at them down there. Lord, they're angry people. Lord, they're so easily frustrated. Lord, they're, they, they're, they get in traffic and they lose their minds and they start banging on the steering wheel. Lord, their bodies decay. Lord, watch them. As they grow, their hair falls out. They lose their eyesight. I know this is gross, but they got to dig wax out of their ears, Lord. They have to, they have to you know, they're, they're, their bones break. Their insides don't work right sometimes. Lord, these are losers. What a, what, these beings are corrupt and vile and have a sin nature and they are a wreck. Why in the world would you put your treasure, treasure of salvation on them? That the excellency of the power of, may be to God and not us. Right? Amen. right? Amen. He chose Moses because if Moses goes, everybody will know it's of me. Our salvation, if you understand salvation correctly, then the only thing that we can say is that that is of God and not of us. The excellency of the power has to be of God. Why? Because we are unworthy, unsuitable vessels. Earthen vessels. And whatever goodness, whatever power, whatever loveliness, whatever mercy, whatever kindness you see flowing out of me, it is not because of me. It is because the glory goes to God for giving me a spirit and making me an earthen vessel. And Brother Tim and I stand up here, or Brother Neil, and we preach anything at all that stirs your spirit. You need to understand that is not us. We're just earthen vessels that are easily broken, easily discouraged. But God saw fit to put men up here and through them, 
edify and feed the church of God. And we should never stick our chest out and say, I am the man. Because he chose earthen vessels so that everybody in here would know the excellency of that is of God, not of him. Amen. We're just unsuitable vessels. But praise God that he is so good to us to fill us and keep his treasures inside something that is so easily broken. Praise the Lord for that. I hope that that has been profitable. I hope it's encouraged you. And when you see some goodness shining out in this world, look at the Lord and glorify him because he could have chosen a million different things to house his treasures. But he chose fallen man because that is the thing that would be the least apt to be able to take credit. Right. Yet we're still finding ways to take credit for it. Yeah, that's right. Praise the Lord for his sovereignty and his saving power.